Happy New Year, and welcome to Dissecting the 80s. I am Trip Lano, one half of the Mega Podcasting Powers. And with me, as always, is a man who knows that the only way to celebrate New Year's Eve is to do it like eight times in one night, even in time zones that aren't yours, the Macho Mandrew. Andrew Lano? Like, like, why would you do that, guys? I don't, don't do it's that. It's such a weird conceit. When I read the description of this movie, I thought that this person was somehow, like, traveling across time zones. He was on a bullet train? Yeah, well, I was like, is he on a jet? Like, how is this a possible thing that he's doing? Because I was like, maybe it comes into play that, like, I think Indiana and Arizona don't participate in daylight savings. So, like, maybe there's something to that where, like, you can get there quickly. And I know if, there's a place the, in Florida. If the crux of your plot twist involves daylight savings time, <laughs> hit the ba- hold down the backspace key. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. The daylight savings killer. Go on. I'm, I'm, I was, I was thought if I just started talking, the oh. rest of it would come out. Like it was like one of those like, like if you just start the car, like the rest of it will come with it. I was like, he's not turning back the clock. I don't know. There's something, maybe something in there. Are you coming up know. with a tagline or a plot? <laughs> I yeah, I was coming up with a tagline, and then oh I just okay, was Ta- go I'll, from there. Yeah, yeah. Spring forward, forward, fall back into your grave. Stabbing forward. There you go. <laughs> yeah. In the 80s, January was typically the time where they dumped the slasher movies that they made to cash in on the Halloweens, the Nightmare on Elm Streets, the Friday the 13th. So in honor of that annual dumping that the studios did, this year, January on Dissecting the 80s is Slashuary. And we're celebrating with three episodes about some forgotten 80s slashers. This is... Uh, the second time we have delved into the wild, wonderful world of canon films, the first being Haunted Honeymoon. Uh, they are a exploitation film studio that ran from the 60s through, I think the last one was in the 90s. Uh, there's a really fun documentary about them on Netflix right now called Electric Boogaloo. But we did, to celebrate the fact that it's our official New Year's Day episode, welcome to 2018, everybody. Uh, I hope you're listening to this with like a wicked hangover. <laughs> I guess not. Let's That's hope kind of no one dies, or, and also yes. that nobody's careers die because they were shitheads. <laughs> well, well, you it know, can die because you're a shithead, was, but like, let's yeah, hope there's yeah, no more like shithead phrasing. reveals. <laughs> I, I, we are not. Certainly, we are not uh, done with shithead reveals. Uh, I know. Be- between the time we're recording this and the time this episode there's going to be there's six more, like twelve more. Yeah. There, I'm like I the eventually we're gonna get to like a massacre amount like it'll be just like a bunch all in one day it'll be like you know the Christmas Day massacre no, it'll be like you know how when you watch the news there's a little ticker at the bottom that tells you like a one sentence for each it's gonna do yeah. it like it's a like a two hour delay reveal for schools and it's just gonna be people's <laughs> names like this is who it is now guys we are here to talk about New Year's Evil so you know what that means we gotta go back we gotta go dissect the eighties. It's your time zone. Something's got to be done about your time zone. When the mega powers explode. I'm talking about the 80s. Oh, yeah. I'm Scott. Cream of the crop. Oh, 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 yeah. Mega powers, yeah. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. To go back to your point, uh, I care so little, it turns out, about, like, 
it turning to midnight that the other, I think it was two that it was going into 2016. Me and my friends didn't even turn the TV on. We just played board games and drank a bottle of champagne each. And then like several points throughout the night, we're like, oh, is it midnight? Did we miss it? <laughs> I I am an avowed New Year's Eve hater. I have been for a very long time. I, it's my least favorite of all the holidays. There's I don't all this go out. I just to have a good. I just have. I'm like, look, we're gonna all get together in one spot. We're gonna play board games, drink a lot of champagne, and that's it. Yeah, that's great. I went to. I'm go. I will have just gotten out of a concert a few hours ago. When you guys are listening to this, uh, potentially, uh, that's my favorite thing to do on New Year's Eve. I think it's a guaranteed good time. And if you go to see a band that actually cares about being New Year's Eve, they'll do a countdown, stuff like that. So you don't miss any of that stuff, but you get to have the good night without all of the bull crap of going out and spending a zillion dollars on, you know, some terrible buffet or something like that. Uh, so I'm not a fan, but I am uh, not, not a fan to the point of committing multiple murders in, uh, across different time zones, which is again, just like the weirdest thing. <laughs> well, you know, we'll see how it goes. See if but that had been his if that had been his motive, I would have been like, yeah, I get it. Yeah, no, that would have been like, very, very. I've had cool. thirty shitty New Years and I'm not having a thirty first. <laughs> I'm going out with a bag, and at the end, I'm killing myself. <laughs> uh, this actually made me look because I was so disappointed that it wasn't like a super rich guy with a jet flying across the United States and committing murders. Yeah, uh, that I ended up looking. I ended up looking up that there are like three or four places in the world where, and one is in Florida, where the time zone splits an area that, well, I guess it's not, okay, I should say there are probably many places in the world in which this is capable. Anywhere in America, the time zone. Yeah, well, across the world, period. I just, I was starting to say this out loud and I was like, wait, that's very stupid. I almost said a very dumb thing, which is rare that I catch that in in the act, but... This article was talking about places where you can, like, celebrate New Year's Eve and then walk to another place and celebrate New Year's Eve again because you're in a different time zone. That sounds like it'd be a cool, like, fun thing to – like, that would be a fun thing to do. I would be totally into it. And as I say it, it was like, oh, these special places. And I was like, wait, pretty much any any place, really, that is adjacent to a time zone, you could just do that. But Mm -hmm. in any case – we're at a punk rock television show, like a bad MTV, with a woman named Blaze, who is not the WWF wrestler of the same name. If in case you're out there wondering, it's not a Lundra Blaze. It's what looks like a woman who's a little faster prime, dressing in what a studio executive thinks punk rock is, but isn't actually. Absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. All of the punk outfits in this movie are like sanitized hot topic. Except the audience. The audience has like I'm like, oh, that's pretty punky. It's like dudes in in some mesh stuff and leather. I was like, okay, yeah, that seems eighties punk. But everyone who's a, a musician is just like, look, wear this. We're gonna cut off the sleeves of this t shirt, and you're gonna wear a shiny dress, and that's punk. Too much blush, and we're gonna call it punk. I have a hunch that the people in the crowd were probably extras and therefore brought their Provided own. Provided their own. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like the right off the bat, I'm just going to say that I think this movie would have been, I don't know, it would have, the, the twist ending would have been more of a twist if she had been based on a real person or like actually been played by a real person. Why do you say that? Because I kept being like, oh, she's... Like it's a crazed. They think it could be a crazed fan or something. And I was like, this woman doesn't like. 
is she a punk rock singer? They like vaguely allude that she's involved in the world of punk rock or whatever. Don't really yeah. explain anything. And they're like, she, it's one of your fans probably. And I was like, but why a fan of her? What? Like if it had been, if she had looked like Blondie or been played by Cindy Lauper, I would have been like, Oh, okay. Maybe it is a crazed fan. And then the reveal at the end would have been like, Oh, I get it. Like it's her, like the whole yeah, husband it could, thing. I, yeah, I I agree. I mean, I think they probably could have achieved that by simply having like a, por- a part of the movie where she there was like some gold records on the wall or like anything to indicate who the hell this person was other than like, oh, she's a famous television host, which I guess could be big enough that she'd have like, fans. I guess that Ryan Seacrest is a, a well-known television yeah. host. So maybe yeah, that's and like Ryan a thing. Seacrest has fans. Yeah, he isn't he like one of the most followed people on Twitter or Instagram or something like that? Like I feel like he has a pretty big I believe following. That. I believe that. And all he is is, like, professionally pretty. Although, doesn't he host one of those morning shows now? He does. He has a radio show, apparently. No, no, no. Isn't it, like, isn't he, like, with Kelly Ripa? Oh, I don't know. They cycle out whoever she's with. I think every few months they just throw in a new dude. Oh, it was Michael okay. Strand for a while, was... I think. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's... I, I swear Ryan Seacrest... Anyway, it's like the Colonel. It's like the Colonel of KFC. <laughs> I'm going to be real like, honest. Rotating. Yeah. Uh, apparently the family really hates that, which is a bummer. Mm, well... <laughs> I mean, I just, it's a bummer that, that, that it's like, hey, please stop doing that. And they're like, no, <laughs> we own your, we it, literally own your dead dad's life rights. So no. I mean, here's the thing. If you look at an old Southern man with white hair and a white beard in a white suit, what's your first thought? I mean, hey, I'm, the colonel is not likely to have been a man whose standards would repeat. hold up to that. Of 20, of, of of 2017 i will not argue so like look if, if if we're just gonna get him played by a bunch of comics and not acknowledge that we change kernels every month what, <laughs> i'll take that over probably a slave owner i mean okay <laughs> He's, okay before we get sued he was not that old that he we can call him a slave owner okay so, the look slave owner slave is owner the look. supporter perhaps may be a thing that could be true about that person i'm not alleging that it is i'm just saying it could be true but slave our owner new, our new tagline is allegedly <laughs> allegedly i just said he looked like he looked like it he did he did okay we got to talk about this movie we haven't talked about this movie at all at least we have 12 minutes in so Plot, I mean. So, uh, TV Lady is, uh, you know, hosting this countdown. And in under three minutes, we get the first kill of the movie, which is something that you can say about canon films is they there is nothing in this movie that is not straight to the point of getting people either murdered or building up to the next murder, which I, while this movie is not great, I appreciate that. You know what? We're only here to do one thing. Everybody bought a ticket to watch people get stabbed. Right? It's New Year's Evil. We know what we're here for. Because I appreciate... I love when movies do like, do that. Like, I just saw Get Out, like, a month ago. And I was like, we opened this movie with, like, here's, what's, here's what this movie's going to be about. Okay, you're here. Now let's do a slow build to the real thing. And I was like, yeah, thank you. Right. Thank you. That's all I needed. Which is fine if which is fine if you're making Get Out. But this movie is like, we show you what we're here for, and then we never stop giving you exactly what we're here for. Because there's a murder every, like, 15 minutes in this movie. Pretty much. It's just, there's so, the idea is interesting. Like, oh, I'm caught, like, he's going to kill at every hour leading up to this, and probably he's going to kill the host of the show. Okay, I'm here for that. But then they threw in all this stuff, like, they showed the killer's face right away, and I was like, 
what's why you ne- don't do that don't show me who's murdering people because then it's now it's weird to me and am i supposed to guess who this person is am i supposed to like is there's i don't know what i was supposed to be doing as the audience member i guess is my problem and we also don't know who this guy is in the beginning right like we don't know it's her i mean the spoilers we don't know it's her we ex-husband spoiled that already or husband current husband it's her husband yeah yeah they mentioned that her husband is probably doing coke in south beach was it south beach but we don't we don't know this is her husband until like 15 minutes before the movie no. ends Right. The only thing we hear okay. of a husband I honestly, is that. Because I honestly thought I had missed something. Mm-hmm. Like I was, I was, I was like, wait a minute. I know, like, I had to watch this movie in two chunks for logistical reasons, which I try not to do. But I was like, okay, wait, wait, wait. I was paying attention both. To- like, I wasn't like doing other things while this was on. I was sitting with a notepad and watching it, and I'm like, wait, this guy, this guy is her husband. Was I supposed to know this information? Was this supposed to be like, Oh shit. Cause I was just like, Oh wait, what? Yeah. I needed um, like a hints at this beforehand. I, it, 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 it was just sloppy. It was sloppy execution of an interesting idea, which is kind of what we deal with a lot on this show. Absolutely. And I would also like to point out, not that it matters very much, but the writer of this movie was 64 years old at the time of this movie's uh, release. So he probably wrote this in his early 60s, 62, 63, which is kind of fascinating given that it feels pretty of the time. Yeah. You know, I mean, the we, we, we joked about the wardrobe not being great for the, the punk rock stuff, and you're absolutely right about that. But in general, the tone and feeling is like, kind of feels right to me, which is wild for a it movie feels that a- seems appropriately like 80s it wouldn't be. Slasher. Yeah. Still a little yeah. 70s cuz it's 1980. So there's like still kind of a 70s right. sound. Um also her son is 100% a Cobra Kai gym master. Absolutely. And he's so clearly built up to be the killer in this that it's a huge disappointment when he's not the killer because he absolutely looks like a murdering psychopath when we meet. Yeah, him. but then we get the end which the the not reveal reveal of the end when he he turned he's totally going to keep on the legacy. Again, spoiler alert. Sure. But I wanted him to be the killer from the from the jump. That would be much more interesting to me. Yeah, I wanted I wanted to not know he wasn't the killer. Yeah. Um, the other thing that we get in this movie is like a whole slew of musical performances, which I found to be, I assumed was going to be time wasting, time filler, but was actually mostly just nice little interstitial transitions from scene to scene. Yeah. So the first is the theme song of the of the movie, which we didn't talk about, and is very good. Uh, New Year's Evil, written by Roxanne Seaman and Eduardo de Barrio. If I can find that, I'll drop it at the end of the episode because it is very good. But all the punk rock songs are like nice, catchy movie snippet songs. You know, thirty seconds to a minute, and getting on, getting on out of there. Yeah, it, it's it's a lot like the music in um, the the team that is forgetting that did forgetting Sarah Marshall, where it's like, hey, it's it's ninety seconds of a song, and it's it's just. It's a, it's a sweet little moment, and the song is pretty good, and it's just enough to keep you going. Yeah, we just want to do a couple of jokes and get the heck out of here. You know, a, a hook and a, a couple of lyrics, and boom. Yeah. So, as we said, this guy is doing murders across different time zones, and she's hosting this, like, standard New Year's Eve type thing where it's like, we're counting down to midnight in every time zone, and we'll be there to take you through it. But, like, why do you want to watch four different countdowns over the course of yeah, your party? Yeah, that's what I don't understand. And we're we're East Coasters, so we obviously don't have the same basis for this that other people do, because on the West Coast, like the New Year's Eve countdown show probably does start at eight oh, p.m. Oh, you're right; it probably to, does. 
I didn't even think right. about that. So they do they do probably get this on the West Coast. If you're a West Coast listener, chime in and let us know. Because like I imagine this is what the tele- the TV countdowns are like on the West Coast. Because like, oh, the ball drops in Times Square at 9 p.m. <laughs> As East Coasters, we're like the selfish lovers of New Year's. We're like, ours is done. Bye. <laughs> yeah, because like by the time they're dropping the ball in San Diego or whatever, we're long asleep. It's 3 a.m. Or we're yeah. blacked out and you're we don't asleep, know what's You're happening. asleep or your brain's asleep. One of the two. Yes. <laughs> Either way, your brain's asleep. <laughs> Brain's like uh, I forget who what comedian I'm stealing this from. Uh, John Mulaney, probably Mulaney. Yeah, yeah. Brain's like I'm going to bed. Lock up when you're done. Um, yeah. So he's every time it hits midnight, he's doing another murder. But all of the murders are taking place in Los Angeles, which it means like the police. It's actually a really clever conceit as a cop thriller versus this slasher movie so if it was set up with like the police are like racing to try to find this guy who's committing a murder like every hour on the hour live on the phone is Mm -hmm. a really cool idea but because we're doing it through the lens of a slasher movie we're following the guy instead of following the police thing yeah i almost wanted more of a play misty for me vibe Mm, yeah that's i was like oh it's gonna be kind of like that i'm 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 here for this instead i got too many shoe, f- too many footfalls. Like sound. Did you notice that? Yes, lots of footsteps echoing in the in the distance. Every time they cut back to the mosh pit or like the slow dancing, it's like the silverware and blue bloods. <laughs> just clink, 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 clink. It's just like. <laughs> so then we get some uh, knockoff Friday the Thirteenth music. Yes, yes. Re- that the really effective music in Friday. That's like. And I was like, "Oh, this isn't the good version." It's like when you the yeah, song starts wait, and you realize it's the Glee cover. <laughs> so we get a uh, because it's the '80s. We get a very complex and rich and nuanced depiction of a sanitarium, uh, meaning everyone is jumping around into the walls and uh, talking to themselves and hitting themselves because that's what crazy people do. It's one floor of the cuckoo's nest, it's, basically. Oh god! Oh god! This is why we have a mental health stigma in America, guys. <laughs> that is true. That is very true. Um, so this nurse, who, who I thought she looked familiar. I she wasn't in anything I would know, but I thought she looked like a current actress, and I can't think of her. I can't think of it. Um, stumbles upon the killer, who is now wearing a, a like an orderly's uniform, and he's like, "I'm uh, um, you know, temp help. I brought champagne. Want to drink it?" And she's like. Sure, because she has zero self-preservation, apparently. Yeah, and also has no qualms about drinking on her v- clearly fairly dangerous job. Yeah, like this is this is two seconds away from <laughs> from being a, an asylum murder in movie. Right, right, right. Um, so they go off into a room onto a table, and he, as they're doing the ten nine countdown in New York. He hits record and pulls out a knife and stabs her in a segment that takes way too long for her not to notice his hand is doing something. Yeah, yeah. It's very, very awkward that she wouldn't call this like, out. Like, where's your other hand, buddy? What is it doing? Yeah. What what, what, what on earth are you doing back there? <laughs> Although, to be fair, it was before the age where it could be like, are you secretly recording this? Because anything he'd be recording it with would be the size of, you know, a small refrigerator. <laughs> Even the tape recorder he's using is very big. It's the Lloyd Dobler boombox. Exactly. 
And I forgot that you used to have to hit play and record to record. Oh, yeah. Simultaneously. It's been so, so the, long the, since the I've done that. Move. Yeah, it is a long, long time. So he murders the nurse and uh, goes to the and calls the radio, the television radio station. I don't know. I don't know what she does. I guess it's on TV, she, but maybe she's also a radio person. It's a TV show. It's a TV show. <laughs> I think she's, she's nebulously in the entertainment. Like an, <laughs> I think she's honestly like a Carson Daly. Okay. Um, like a punk Carson Daly. She's someone from Gem and the Holograms, essentially. And for you young listeners, before Carson Daly does whatever you think he does, he used to host a show on MTV where he just introduced music videos. What does he do now? I'm pretty sure he hosts Good Morning America or the Today Show now. I'm pretty sure he's like like Hang on. A real Carson thing, Daly went from TR from TRL to to Good Morning America. Well, it might be the Today Show. I think he went actually went from TRL to the show that came on after Conan went off the air on NBC. So we're talking starting at 1.30, right? Because the local news goes 11.30, and then it's 11.30 to 12.30 is like the Tonight Show, and then the yeah. next show is 12.30 to 1.30. Yeah. So we're talking like it started at 1.30 in the morning, and it was like a half-hour thing. It was the thing on in college when you're like, oh shit, I gotta go to bed. Like I've been, up, I'm up way too late. It's essentially <laughs> like, oh no. Like the- it's the current version of that scene in Poltergeist when the they they play the American flag music and they're like, thanks yes, for watching. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. I honestly like. I wish stations would go back to that because it's just like a good like nothing good comes onto the television after three a.m. It's all infomercials. So it's like you know what we should just put this thing to bed and we'll, we'll see you at six. Okay. Basically. Burp, burp, burp. It's essentially so you know how ABC Family or whatever the hell it's called now has to show the Seven Hundred Club. Right. Right. They're so sassy about the fact that it's contractually obligated. They're like they're yeah, like yeah, yeah. hey everyone. Uh, Go check out the stuff you want to watch on our apps or online instead of watching this program. It literally said that, like, <laughs> we're going to be on the apps and on the website if you want to go there and continue watching Freeform. But this is stuff that we have no affiliation with and don't really care about. Yes. Uh, I, I like that you corrected yourself because I was going to inform you that obviously the channel is now called Freeform. You say ABC Family or whatever it's called like you don't <laughs> know the name of the channel. I forgot. And then I remembered. I protest. I protest like you don't know that it's free I don't form. have cable. You scoundrel. I watch it at a friend's house because I don't have cable. You are subject to 25 straight days of anytime you visit mom and dad, it's either this or the Hallmark Channel on because it's wall-to-wall Christmas <laughs> for the entire month. So please spare me that I can't recall the name of the channel, Senator. I believe it used to be ABC Family. Did I not use the real one eventually? I remembered it after <laughs> you the fact. did, but I you pretend you did that like I can't. I was like some some you know like one of those I don't know one of those channels you know something like an ABC like you did it. No. I didn't remember scoundrel, <laughs> scoundrel. I don't remember where the hell we were. Oh, if he kills the. <laughs> Porn stash, I think. Or no, almost a porn though. stash. So he kills the nurse. Yeah. And yeah. we forgot to mention that the like voice modulator he uses when he calls the TV station sounds like he's one of those like throat speaker people. Yeah, it kind of sounds like the thing that Peter Frampton uses that makes his guitar go like wah, like a melodica. Wah, 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 wah. No, it's it's called a talk box. It's like a weird thing that you basically use your voice to modulate the sounds of the guitar. Oh, weird. But yeah, they call. 
it's just again a such weird decision to have them show his face and like completely show everything about him and but now he's changing his voice for her like i guess maybe that was supposed yeah, to be a sign that she knew him yeah but like it ultimately becomes just like you're along for a joyride with a crazy person which is a yeah. weird thing to do in a movie like this um, so at this point, she decides to take his threat seriously because the first time she was like, "Yeah, whatever," and I was like, "Really? That's that's not that's not a whatever thing." <laughs> this seems like a very bad thing. You're just poo pooing something that's very dangerous. Um, so the police show up and they're like, "Oh, you people! You create the problem, then you complain about it." And I was like, "Oh, we're at a point when punk rock was the bad thing." Got it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to be very concerned it's- about that. Like the Dungeons and Dragons nonsense in a few years. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Can we focus on the real bad things, guys? (laughs) There's like a (laughs) lot. like, come on! There's so many real ones to choose from, and you pick the stupid game with the nerds and the pencils? Or the music with leather? Like, calm calm down. Get a hold of yourselves. So it's like, uh, uh, so her son that she has zero chemistry with and actively doesn't give a shit about is in this movie. Uh, yes. And he's like, I'm going to stay up in the room cause you're not paying attention to me. And I was like, I don't know. Your mom's like a famous person who's hosting a thing in 10 minutes. Like maybe now's not the time to talk about your life. Like maybe wait till she's on a break. Yes. Yeah. She seems kind of like, does it have to be right this moment that you have this conversation, whatever it is that you want to have with her. She is very busy. Clearly again, a hardworking mom being besmirched yeah. as though she's the bad person. Yeah. And, and the, the other thing with the whole way that this movie resolves, you know, it being the, the husband again, spoiler, the, there needs to be like some level of conflict explained because he, at, at the end goes off on this like whole long sexist serial tangent. killer tangent. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like to the point where like the writer of this movie clearly inserted a couple of his own opinions or it feels that way. Somebody inserted some of their own opinions. I don't, I don't want to, the man is clearly dead. If he wrote this when he was 84, it was, you know, 37 years ago or 64. He's uh, extremely unlikely he's still around, but not to besmirch that guy, but just like somebody was working some things out in this race. He wrote it it with where the husband was the hero and the studio turned it into this. In the original draft, it was like, uh, he was like a dirty Harry. <laughs> you know, it wouldn't surprise me. This is the same studio that put out Death Wish. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, stay tuned. By the way, probably for when that Nightmare Monstrosity remake comes out. It, yeah, it, it, it's happening. No, I know the remake doesn't come out until oh. like, the early part of twenty eighteen. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I, I was like, I was like, oh, do you not know? Oh, I know. It's the most racist trailer I've ever seen in my whole life. Have I haven't watched it. I haven't watched all I've heard was that it was like it's Bruce Willis murdering not white people. Okay, stay tuned at the end of this episode, Andrew's going to watch the trailer. We're going to we're going to watch the trailer live together because you have to I have to watch you watch this. It's it's the craziest racist thing I've ever seen. I'm excited. Yeah. So stay tuned. That'll be a, a special bonus on this episode. Um so he's so the son is up in his ro- up in the room and the mom is like, Hey, I wish you'd come down. Like there's a murderer and it's creeping me out with a- about that inflection that she's talking to her son. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, you don't he, care about they me. both seem disinterested in being in this movie. Y- yeah. And I was like, can we not like that's supposed to be her son. And I feel like she, yes. she couldn't pick him out of a lineup. 
I, I would be shocked if she could. And uh, so he's like, fine, I don't want to tell you my surprise anyway. And he, like, hangs up the phone, and it's it's just like that, like, you know, insert person in a mirror being creepy. He, like, bites a stocking yeah. as yeah. he talks to himself and then puts the stocking on his head and stabs his ear, I think. Like, I couldn't tell what he was yeah. doing. It was very strange. I was just like, oh, so he's he's just like off the walls, crazy, can't be saved, salt and burn the earth, crazy. Right. And then later there's that whole thing where like he pops back up and he's wearing the stocking again over his head. But now there's sunglasses on top of it and they keep like menacingly cutting to him and then he doesn't do anything. It's very weird. It's 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 a weird choice that like that kudos to that actor who was uh who was in Killer Clowns apparently and I didn't realize that until after the movie was over. Oh, I didn't recognize him from that anyway. Oh, uh, he's the I think he's the police guy. Huh. Oh yeah, I want to s- All right, so is it finally time for me to talk about Porn Stash? I've been very excited yes, to talk about Porn it. Stash. Okay. So we got to this we got to this party and a disco. Or a bar, it's rather. a disco. A d- it is a disco. And the guy's talking to this woman who's wearing like a, you know, a shitty New Year's Eve hat thing. And he's like, yeah, I'm the business manager for Eric Estrada. And she's like, oh, the chips guy. Ooh, <laughs> ooh, I'm all, I'm all, I'm all flutter. <laughs> I love the highway patrolman. And so I literally had to Google like, who Eric Estrada was to get that reference. <laughs> oh, I, I, instantly I knew that. Um uh, but he w- it's a good name to name drop in this, but I also wonder if, like, one of Eric Estrada's friends saw this and were like, hey, did you know they drop your name in that shitty New Year's Eve movie? <laughs> like, they- they're, like, killing people left and right. The guy says he's your manager. And then Eric went, <laughs> what? <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> that's just, Allegedly that's gonna, that's, he went like that. That's going to be the uh, whole so- description of this episode. <laughs> allegedly (laughs) allegedly music credit allegedly so he convinces this woman to leave with him and he and he she goes to the bathroom and you know he's she's like meet me out front and then she shows up with her friend and it's like holy shit we have a female movie character who's doing the smart thing like like not going home with a strange man she just met who's allegedly eric estrada's (laughs) manager you know and the friend is there and they're both like oh yeah you know we'll go to this party and he's like all right, you're both pretty hot, so this just more for me, right? And they're both kind of like, uh-huh, uh-huh, but Eric Estrada's going to be there, right? I wasn't sure if this was a wrinkle in his plan. He was like, well, I can't kill them, but like, I have to only kill one. Like, I didn't know how this was going to pan out. Right. So they leave in the car, and um, they get to this. The woman is like, they, like, again, wrote her the most annoying way possible. I'm getting more yes. and more convinced that the, the theory we just created two minutes ago, that this is just the prequel to Death Wish, <laughs> is just a thing. It's just fact. Yeah, because they get to this place and he like hands her some money. He's like, go get the biggest bottle of champagne you can find. We need a minute. It was $100. Like, okay. Yeah, yeah. Which in like 1980 money is like $500. Like, oh, my God. And so. <laughs> like, what bottle of champagne are you buying? <laughs> You take a bath in the amount of champagne she could like. She could purchase literally a bathtub full of cheap champagne. With oh my god! Um, so inside the liquor store is, I want to say the weirdest filmed exchange between a store clerk and a customer. <laughs> it is the room level weird. And I was like, does he know he sh- she's gonna die, and he's trying to warn her? Like, what? What is happening here? Yeah, it's so bizarre. 
So she goes inside. The other friend is still in the, the car and he's like, Hey, you want some, you want to, he, he uses a very weird phrase for smoke some weed. And I wish I had written it down because it was a very strange thing that he says. Uh, I, I did not, but he's like, you want to hop of the hip and bop? And she's like, Oh yeah, definitely. And he pulls out. You want to smoke a number. There it is. Like, I don't, that's a weird way to phrase yeah. that. And she's like, Okay, and he pulls out like a hefty <laughs> bag with like with like a sprinkle of weed in a it, like, like the like barely, uh, yeah, like barely enough weed to smoke, and it's in a hefty bag. And he's like, "Hey, smell this; it's great shit." And she sticks her head like into the like he doesn't have to strangle her. She puts her head into the bag. Like, what are you doing, lady? You were so smart five minutes ago. Ugh, Ugh. and that it, it's just like such a stupidly large bag. It's so ridiculous. And there is like there is like a good like a, like two tablespoons full of product in there. Like if, if like whatever it is in the movie, like you know, oregano or whatever. There's like two tablespoons in there barely. But, and she's like, "Oh, this seems like a reasonable a size vessel for this much product." Absolutely. The best is when she like whips her head around as she's being strangled and it's just like pot smushed against her face. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I, later on, when we see her again, it's, like, tucked up under her chin, like, just against it, like a goiter of weed, <laughs> and it's really weird. It's so goofy. So the friend comes out after her weird Tommy Wiseau exchange and sees her friend's shoe, and I was like, oh, she's going to survive, and that's what's going to be the wrench in the plan. Like, that he, like, drove off with Oh, it. yeah, that would have been much more clever. I was like, oh, he drove off thinking, like, no one would catch him, but the shoe is there, so it's now a thing. No, he like she like follows a gingerbread trailer, not gingerbread, like a breadcrumb trail <laughs> to a gingerbread house. Follows the breadcrumb trail to the dumpster where her friend's sweater or something is. And at this point, I literally like I'm so not invested in these characters that I was like, well, at least she got like eighty bucks. I know her friend died, but like she can run away with eighty bucks. <laughs> And the champagne. And the champagne. So, like, really? <laughs> like, $100 total. In and she clearly and hated that friend. Yeah, they don't seem to be best chums. She keeps talking to... It's roommate, oh, actually. Oh, her roommate. It's specifically, this is my They're roommate. They're not friends. Yeah, she does say So, that yeah, she could have been like, yeah, oh, yeah. this woman won't shut up about my nervous diarrhea. She's dead, I guess. <laughs> we Wait, we didn't... Wait, we do have to talk about the fact that the one... The roommate totally blows up. She's, she's trying to get this guy to do meditation. And she's like... Yeah, I don't bite my fingernails anymore, and she doesn't have her nervous diarrhea. It's like, why does the dude who's trying to sleep with both of you need to know that she's constantly pooping? <laughs> How is that helping anybody? But that's at this point, I would have been like, oh, you know what? Look, she's dead. She's still on the lease, so maybe I can just, like, get her out of this. Like, maybe we can work something out here with the, with the landlord. <laughs> I, maybe it's one of those things, like, you know, the rumor in college, like, if your roommate kills themselves, it's straight, A's. straight yeah. A's. It's like... If your room, if your roommate dies in the real world, you're, you're immediately released from your lease. Or just be like, look, landlord, I'm pretty sure she's dead in a dumpster. I wasn't going to investigate and be dead in the dumpster, too. Like, what do you want me to yeah. do? And I obviously can't afford this place no, on my own. because that would have been me. I would have been like, deuces. <laughs> you're clearly dead in this dumpster. Bye. But instead, she opens the lid, and there's it's admittedly a cool shot of him flicking on his lighter looking menacing as he grabs her and pulls her in like the end of the first nightmare on elm street movie <laughs> it is it is exactly that he also kind of looks like the leprechaun when he's in there with the light flickering yeah on his chin. it's a weird lighting thing 
Also, like every third shot of this guy from those certain angles, he looked like Chris Klein's dad, probably. The uh, the guy from the American Pie movies, who's also in, I think, Scream 2. Is he like, oh, the, like uh, the, the main kill, the killer in Scream 2? No, he gets killed at the very end. Sorry, spoilers. He gets killed at the very end of Scream 2. He's like put on the cross. Oh, oh, yes, yes, yes. The, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. So... He he looks like he has like the same eyes and chin shape as Chris Klein. It threw me off quite a bit. And then uh So he, he goes to change in a phone booth. He's doing his best Superman. After he calls the radio the TV I keep wanting to say radio station. It's a TV station. <laughs> right, right. It does seem like it would be a radio station. Everything about this seems more <laughs> like cuz MTV wasn't a thing yet, was it? No, I think MTV came out in like 1983, 84ish. Yeah. yeah. Um tells the police where to find the bodies and they do and the dumpster's empty and i was like what the hell i'm so confused but no he just took the time to kind of pose them sort of well actually this is kind of uh side note mtv was august 1981 uh this is actually my favorite from a cinematography point of view coolest part of the movie to me the police are in the backyard looking around with the second victim so reveal the whole scene like- is the flashlight to the second victim is my favorite. Oh, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they're hunting around this backyard, and it's those um, Olympic rings kind of deal like that are on little kids' play set. They're obviously not Olympic rings, but the little kid swing sets, use, I don't know if they still do, but they used to have them where you could do like a backflip and kind of do all sorts of like gymnastics moves with them. The and royal you her, could like, do a backflip. <laughs> I used to do that. Really? Yeah, with the, with the ring. It's not, it wasn't very hard. You only had to hold yourself up. Like, yeah, I, I could definitely do that. Hmm. It's been a minute. And I was not a particularly athletic or in shape. I've never been a particularly athletic or in shape person, but I definitely could do a backflip with the rings. Okay, fair enough. It takes all the weight off it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's not that complicated. Anyway, he has her, like, arms strung through it, like, in her, in her armpits, basically, like, holding up her corpse. And she's, like, you know, listing to the side pretty bad with the bag over her head and the weed goiter, as I mentioned before. <laughs> and then the other cops, like, in a very clearly ADR line is, like, hey, I think there's something else over here. But then we are, like, using the flashlights to track across the yard. And it's this, like, moving beam of light. It's very cool looking. It's, like, in a video. It's felt very video gamey. When they're when yes, they're like, oh, the, your flashlight is your only light in this room. So it turns out that the other woman is also dead, and they like find her purse and they pick it up, and her body just like falls down from somewhere where it's been the hidden. slide. Yeah. Oh, that would make much more sense. So now Cut he's to, just like he's a priest. in a priest disguise. <laughs> yeah. Looking at a, a yearbook photo of a nun. Yeah, I didn't understand that whatsoever. I was like, what? I, well, first, what was um. Oh, yeah, I was like, I wonder if they'll explain why he was going to kill a nun. Probably they won't. They don't. <laughs> Probably they won't. So he's dressed like, I don't know, it looks like Jeffrey Dahmer in a priest costume. Yeah. Looking at, a, I don't know, like, Holy Catholic Church yearbook photo of the nun. It's like a bound book with, like, a, a, a headshot yeah. of her. It's so, I don't yeah, understand. It's very weird. It's very weird. And then he, there's a motorcycle gang for no reason, and then he accidentally... And he hits one of the bikers. Yeah, because he's too busy looking at the yearbook photo. <laughs> Maybe it's like, you know, the, the nun who was a jerk to him when he was a kid kind of deal? Like, he's trying to get revenge for all his, whole, all his life, you know? It would have been a nice explanation. You're right. <laughs> 
we're just guessing. <laughs> I, d- let me be clear. The movie does not give us that detail. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, I don't know. That would be a reason why a character that's, in a movie would do a thing. That's what I said. You're right. That's a very solid explanation. I like that one. <laughs> and based on the like insane misogynist rant that comes later, like it would fit the bill. I was like, here's the thing. If you're going to have him do a misogynist rant, just like also throw in some explanations as to why he picked his victims because they all kind of look the same except for the nun. Right. Like I, at first glance, I thought the woman in the disco was played by the same actress as the nurse from the sanitarium. Oh, and I was like, Oh, are they all going to be like played by the same actress? Like he's just killing the same looking woman. No. So he, that would have been cool. He drives away in a real like fats and dyke seventies car chase music. Well, he hits the he hits a biker first yeah. to start the chase. You, you said that already. Oh, okay. I just wanted to and sure. then he drives away and uh, hides himself in a drive-through or not drive a drive-in <laughs> drive-through. <laughs> it's just a tunnel, and the movie's being not played a lot of room slow. to hide in a drive-through. <laughs> <laughs> Pull to the second Can window. I get a lunch fry and a chocolate shake, <laughs> and he just like smashes into the guy, <laughs> and just like be cool Shh. what what is this <laughs> i need an apple pie were there i don't think were there apple pies at that point in the 80s I think? <laughs> the, the apple pie is not a is not that recent a mcdonald's innovation also i think that was our uber driver <laughs> on like he was like between pickups yeah he turned I think I he, just he turned the, he turned the app back. off for a moment so he could get a snack he like needs his late night fix what episode was the Uber driver? I can't remember now. Uh, was it was it Halloween? I think it was Halloween with with uh, uh, the guy. Who oh, he like up I think, was it like someone got into an Uber and got the like, hell out of the movie? Yeah, yeah. He he literally like drives Loomis to a place and then disappears from the movie. That's I think that's where the Uber driver. Yes, it was a, it was a Halloween. Uh, the apple pie was introduced to uh, McDonald's in the late 1960s, oh. so it was definitely around. It was. Yeah. I assumed it was like a 90s thing. Yeah, no, it was. It was introduced uh, for. It was 20 when you could get a double hamburger for 39 cents. You could get a hot apple pie for 20. It's the same <laughs> cost as a French fry. Um, so he uh, sees that the motorcycle gang has come into the drive-in, um, and so he gets out of his car, still in his. His priest thing. Okay, here's a question. <laughs> you you just looked very lost there. So let's well, as I was saying out. the words, my brain started to, like piece things together and be like, <laughs> we have questions. <laughs> um. So when he's changing in the phone booth, he puts the uh, the boombox and the voice recorder in the trunk of his car and then gets naked to change. So yes. are we to assume he then grabbed it out of the trunk to go driving? Because I thought on the passenger seat there was only the yearbook. Yeah, I, I think that once he gets into – no, you're right. He just definitely left it in the car. He shouldn't have it later. But does he have yeah. it later? He plays stuff on it, and he oh, bring, he's carrying right. it around. Yeah, there's there's – he he does have a satchel thing, or he does have it around his like shoulder. It's either in a bag or just the the thing with a strap on it. Later, so I guess that's supposed to be the explanation. But we definitely don't see him carry it through the no. whole time. Um, so he runs away, and I have to say, I I don't know who this actor is. I couldn't tell you his name. He is the least threatening person when threatening with a switchblade. <laughs> he really is not. I was like, dude, I thing. would I wouldn't take you seriously. I would beat you up. 
Um, so, uh, I love that. So it's a canon film, and part of their deal was like you know explosions, fist fights, gunplay, and also nudity. And I was surprised how little nudity was in this movie. There's only two and sets at this of boobs. Point, there's just like right. Well, at this point, it's like oh, this is our contractually obligated nude scene. Hello, welcome to the back of this car where two teenagers are fumbling around and fooling around because we have to show a nipple in this movie or we can't sell it. Uh, yeah. So he he stabs the one biker as they're like secluded. I don't know why that one biker was away from the gang, but he was stabs him and then runs over to the car with the teenagers necking and pulls the, the dude out. And is like, where are the keys? Like he's, he's holding the knife to him. And that's the point when I was like, yeah, I was like, dude, I would be like, no, get out of here. You crazy homeless man. <laughs> You're going to fight off the homeless, the guy with the knife. I mean, I also have a knife probably. So like, also, he doesn't look that strong. He looks... He just... If a... I don't know. Like My he, only issue is him not stalling long enough for the girlfriend to get out of the car and run away. Oh, the girlfriend had no plenty of time to get out piece. of that car and chose not to. So it's her... She, she was too slow, you think? I think she was very too slow. Also, she breathes too loud. She does breathe extremely loudly, but also she thinks she's going to get murdered. Okay, yeah, that's, that's when you cover your mouth like everyone else in a horror movie. <laughs> I suppose. I actually thought she was more composed than any other person being stalked by a slasher, uh, potential slasher victim I've ever seen. Who wasn't the final girl. The scene that follows this. Right. So, like, he steals the car, and she's in the back seat. Like, she's like, I have $3. You can take it. We can do sex stuff. Like, please. You can do sex stuff to me, I swear. Yeah. So, like, she's kind of begging for her life. And then he almost hits these two drunk idiots. There's this there's this really kind of beautiful thing with this movie where it's very ambitious. It's it's not it's this movie's not great, the but green I find screen. some charm in its No, not that. The fact that the guy is supposed to be like running into some New Year's Eve partiers and it's literally just two guys in New Year's outfits. Like they're <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. Like where these guys were coming from or going to seems imp- like they're the direction they're traveling no from is a closed, dark baseball field. Yes. And so it's like, were they like having a sneaky tryst? Or, like, what? How did they get here? Did these two guys just put on these New Year's costumes to go to like, wait, I got it. Because I have like one too. Two sad friends. Okay, so it's two sad friends, right? Mm-hmm. They went to high school together. They were on the baseball team. The tall guy was like the star player. He blew out his knee in college, so he never went anywhere. His best friend Charlie was the manager, and he so he like helped the equipment be ready and like just was hanging around the team, but he wasn't good enough to be on the team. So they got together on New Year's to go to the old stomping grounds, and they got plastered in the in the bleachers. And Charlie finally admitted that he's been in love with Jason his whole life. And they, like, had, like, a real moment of, like, I've always loved you, too. And I don't know if it was platonic or romantic, but they, like, had a real special moment together. And then they got plastered on this field in the middle of nowhere. I like that a lot, actually. Mine was going to (laughs) be there were, like, two dudes in the closet. We're like, look, the baseball field's going to be empty at midnight on New Year's. Let's just make out and do it there. They did it, saw someone was coming, like, just pretend to be drunk, dude. No one's going to ask any questions. <laughs> Quick, I have a bunch of New Year's costumes that I thought would be, like, fun for role play later, but just, now we're just going to put them on. Put on, these stupid, the stupid he- put on these stupid headbands. 
Put on these 1981 glasses. They're not a thing yet, but they'll be there. In the, in for, it'll happen in 2000, and then people just will refuse to let it go, even though, like, 2017 doesn't look like that. It doesn't I, at all. I'm getting in the weeds. <laughs> There's only one circle shape in that, but, like, I'm getting into the weeds. It's fine. Like, it'll be a thing for 20 years, even though it makes no sense except for the one time. I don't know. I think you can get away with it for up to uh, up to 2010. I think you can get away with it. I guess. Well, because the, the the I know, I know, I know, but I just it was a special year two thousand thing, and then yeah, and then was, no one died, so we were like, well, we gotta keep doing something. <laughs> we got, we gotta do something to mark the passage of time with cheap manufactured garbage. So let's make these novelty glasses that are literally good for an hour a year, <laughs> and then those end up in a garbage dump. They're, they, legitimately, they could probably go to landfills and determine what year of garbage they're in because every so often they will hit a pile of I, discarded year glasses. I'm convinced that future historians will do that. They're just as they like. They do it with phone books. Oh, like how when they yeah. get to a phone book, because they realize it's 1992. No, because they still give people phone books and people just immediately throw them away. So even up until recent times. Whenever the phone books get delivered, they immediately get thrown out. And so it's like a perfect mark. Because, like, who the hell wants it? But I still get one once a year in my porch huh. and it immediately goes in the recycling bin. And so they use them. I guess not everybody recycles them. Hmm. Are, they, are, are they, like, numbered? I've never so, – I don't think I've seen a phone book in a while, ever. Are they, like – They have a year on the phone. Okay. Yes. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're not They're not numbered. It's not like I didn't a mean numbered. I meant, I meant, I meant with a year. Are they dated? This is a mint condition – Bell's number four. So I would not trade this for anything less than a mint condition Bell's number five and number six. Sorry. So he's chasing this. This girl gets out of the car very smartly and starts running away. And he's chasing her. And he gets to the bleachers and he's like tapping the knife on the bleachers very menacingly. And then at one point, he she's hiding under this uh, shed thing. And he kicks a trash can at it. And it's normally the part in the movie where the girl who's hiding is like, ah, and then she gets murdered because she mm-hmm. revealed her place. But he kicks this trash can at her and she just keeps her cool, man. Because he, like, well, he knows she's really there. into it. He kicks it towards her. He does, her. but he's just trying to get her to, yeah, he's trying to get her to like lure her out. He wants, this like a cat and mouse thing. Yeah. And like, I, I understand that the hiding under that shed is a solid hiding place, um, but you know what else is an option? Running through the dark field that's to the left. <laughs> she falls, though. When? So she's, like, running through the trees. Doesn't she stumble as she's running through no, the trees? No, she just leans against the tree for a minute. That's she ends up under the shed? Oh, she, I thought she, like, falls and then is, like, diving I don't think she shed. falls. Okay. I think she just stopped at a tree to, like, breathe okay. loudly and look behind her. And then she kept running. And I was like, lady, you keep running through the field. It is pitch black. So these cops arrive and they come up to our uh, two. Well, their voices do. We talked about. Oh, never mind. <laughs> yes, the voices. That's true. Sorry, the secret yeah. lovers. So there's the two. The, yeah, the secret lovers are just like standing there, and these cops arrive and they're like, "Yeah, hey, there's a guy with a knife who went that way and some chasing some some broad or something." Hey. And the cops are like, oh, we should probably do something about that, which is rare for movie cops. Yeah. And they go like, chasing this girl if down. If they're drunk, are you going to believe them? Is that how this is going to end? They're going to be like, yeah, I was sure. Okay, crazies. And then they're going to be like, they murdered someone two feet from where you were. 
But no, they actually like, hey, sir, what are you doing? Where the police? Keep your hands where you can see him. And he just like sprints away and then they rescue the girl. And I was like, oh my God, a happy ending for this character. I was actually very happy about it. Mm-hmm. I got invested in her journey. Yeah, I was not as invested, mind you, in the fake movie that I made up for those two other guys, because like they definitely, definitely got married in my version of it. But but this girl, I wanted to not die. So I was very pleased. They they were together in union for 30 years and then finally got married when it was legal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They were like first at the courthouse kind of deal. Oh, yeah. Um, so like the real bad ADR of the police voices being like, hey, like it's way too crystal clear. And he's like, hey, you there, put your knife down. <laughs> yeah, hey, yes. there's a girl under here. Compared to the <laughs> compared to the quality in audio and visual of this movie, it is wildly out of place. So they we cut to the we cut back to the studio and the cops are like, hey, we're not going to let you guys out of here. Uh, anyone who leaves has to leave, you know, for the night. There's you know, we're trying to keep you guys safe. And then they brief the host and explain to her what's going on. And she doesn't seem all that upset about the fact that, like, a bunch of murders have happened. The guy keeps calling her, and they're like, we're pretty sure he's coming here to kill you. She doesn't seem as threatened as you would hope she would be. She doesn't seem affected by anything in this movie. Well, that's that's true. Like, her I'm, I, uh, her claim to fame is some is a character on Happy Days that I've never heard of. She was Fonzie's, Fonzie's girlfriend, I think. Oh, okay. I, I don't know Happy Days at all. Um, What's her name again? Uh, Fonzie's what? Fonzie's girlfriend. Ah, I assume there were a lot of those. Oh, I I don't know, but it seemed to be like it was for like what she was like super well known for. Um, I just like get really annoyed because I'm like I don't feel I don't believe anything you do in this whole movie. Like I don't believe you know who your son is. I don't believe you care that there's a murderer. I don't like when all of a sudden she's sad about her assistant dying. I was like, this is the first time I've thought you cared about her in the slightest. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Even when she sees the actual dead assistant later, she doesn't seem that um, perturbed by it. So uh, the the killer is in a priest costume. Doom realizes that no one can get into the hotel, so he sneaks it back to the back entrance and lures a cop over, puts on his uniform, and is allowed to just walk inside. And no one is like, hey, never seen you before, cop buddy. Yeah, it's hard to tell. Like, I, I, I obviously I don't want to be the defender of the stupid movie, but I honestly don't know in a situation like this where there's a ton of cops. Like, is it multiple precincts? Because that would probably explain why that would happen. You know, like they don't necessarily know every cop on the floor. Yeah, except it doesn't look like there's more than it looks like there's half a precincts worth of cops. Yes, there. Yeah, I mean it looks like there's like four. Yeah, no. They were like, we're gonna put two guards at the entrance to the hotel, and that feels like good enough for me. Multiple yeah. murders, Brosif. Are let's get yeah. like a squad out front and four cars like i want i want to see the fl- anything with flashing lights <laughs> anything you got just bring it down here fire truck so the priest manages you know he he manages to get his way in and then he gets into his wife's room somehow which we don't see because and the son the son again the cop comes in and like points the co- gun at the son and is like freeze and he's like what and then now she's gonna pretend to care about him and he's like you've been very mean mom i don't even want to tell you my surprise anymore and runs out of the room without moving his arms i assume because he's a little (laughs) he's a weirdo and she's like that was my son oh i'll get changed now and i was like okay cool like why is any of thing in this movie so the cop stands outside and then a man (laughs) 
a man in a cartoon mask of some kind. Was he like he looked like a butler or like the the penguin from Batman? <laughs> Were we supposed to recognize that? Mask? Yeah, and also like. No, I, I I honestly thought it was like a Nixony mask, but oh, it, it, it obviously is not. It was a little Nixony, because he comes out with a knife, and she doesn't see him in the mirror behind her, mind you, and then the knife mysteriously vanishes, and he pulls off the mask, and she's like, "Oh, husband, of course it's you." But also, like, what shit are they into where the husband just like shows up in the room wearing a weirdo mask and threatening her with a knife and she thinks this is hilarious well, i don't think she saw the knife oh you thought you think it okay i was under the assumption that she saw him with a knife no i was in the impression she didn't see anything until the when she acknowledged him okay so he like pops out and talks to the cop and he's like hey i'm her husband i was hiding in the bathroom because i thought you would kill me uh, also, the manager said I could come in the building, so it's totally fine. See ya! And he shuts the door in his face. And so the cop, again, wisely, is like, hey, can we make sure that this is verified? That this is a thing? Um, Which is like, hey, good police work for once in a movie. Yeah. So he also is like, hey, I'm coming with you. They found one of my... Th- that's what's, when, when he goes up to the room, they're like, they found one of my guys knocked out in the parking garage, so I'm coming with you. And I was like, did no one mention he was naked? Like, that feels like an important note. Yeah, yeah. The killer yeah, is probably wearing a cop guy... uniform. Yes. Like, wh- can, we, can we put the pieces together, police department? <laughs> it's not that complicated what's happening here. A cop was found unconscious in his underwear or in a priest costume. <laughs> like, wait, the uh, the version of this where he strips him naked and then puts the other costume on him is the version of this movie that I would have to own in 4K ultra high definition. Yes, but also with the, the, the gay subplot, very de- like more laid out. I want like, oh, the yeah, movie no, we're absolutely. creating in our head. <laughs> So he he runs over to this like giant panel and he pulls out all these like wires he's hidden and he starts rewiring the elevator just by like connecting these alligator clip wires. Apparently together. he's secretly and a gremlin and technology. like knows everything about technology. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, I imagine this thing was pretty simple that it was like very obvious which thing was the, you know, the power motor for lifting and raising the car and, you know, the other things were were pretty obvious to follow. I, I I guess it reminded me of a scene. <laughs> it reminded me of a scene in in the movie Black Christmas where they're trying to trace a phone call, and it's the late seventies, and so tracing a phone call or mid seventies maybe, but the tracing a phone call literally required running around in a building and watching which switches flip to see where it stopped. Like oh, it that's literally that movie. To... I, I knew that was a scene. I didn't know what. Movie yeah, that was. yeah. So he's in control of the elevator, and he's just like uh, wildly making it go up and down and do all sorts of crazy nonsense with the uh, inside is the one cop and his wife blaze. So they have um, like a real tower of terror kind of situation. I mean, theoretically, but that cop doesn't feel like he gives two shits. The elevator's falling. <laughs> he obviously is not a very good actor. He's like, push the stop button. No, keep pushing the stop button. Hit it again. <sighs> like, meanwhile, the camera's doing like a star Trek, like, Whoa! This woman is like trying real hard to sell that the elevator is falling and she's for once feeling something in this movie. And I was yeah. like, oh, God, it, this the movie just can't have everyone care. It's like, look, someone <laughs> has to not care in every scene. 
it's contractually obligated that we only have so much caring going on. It's like how people say they don't have a fuck to give. The movie only had so many yeah. per scene. So the, he, the elevator doors open and he comes in and he kicks the cop in the head like a real, like a really not super great looking kick, but kicks this cop in the head and he sits down next to his wife and he just starts like, it's like three and a half minutes it is of this the, misogynist the rant. The most low stakes killer reveal I've ever seen in a movie. He yeah. says he's... She doesn't even seem that surprised. <laughs> she doesn't care about anything in this movie. <laughs> Except the elevator. That's he the only thing she's cared her. about. <laughs> well, he sits down next to her and he just rants and rants and rants about how like women are in control of everything and they've ruined his life and this and that and blah, blah, blah. And who could possibly care? And then he's like, you know what I'm going to do tomorrow? I'm going to take my boy to the Rose Bowl for the football game and we'll let you sleep in. And it's like, wait, what is her misogyny? Have, or what is your misogyny and her alleged crimes have at all to do with your ability to take your son to a fo- football game the next day? That seems like pretty achievable. Well, because they keep talking about, first of all, they're using the word series a lot, which I don't know why it just sounds like such a weird word. They're like, our son, got an audition for a series and he booked the lead role in that series without using your last name all on his own merit and i was like i was like hang on can we go back to the word series like can we i'm all hung up on that like television series i know but like i, I don't were do they used to call them that like i like a show or i'm like i don't know it just felt like the a weird way of phrasing things well, you see, back before the current era, television shows weren't, like, immediately canceled. They usually got some time. So if you did book a pilot, you probably had booked a series. I don't know. I thought, like, I don't know, a soap opera. Like, I was expecting, I don't know. I feel like it was just weird that, I don't know, I, that word just was weird to me. Like, microchip in uh, that James Bond movie. Right on. Um, so there's a big gunfight. The cops are shooting at him. He's shooting at well, the cops. Well, we kind of missed like, the part where he strung her up on the bottom of the elevator that moves with the doors open for some reason. Yep. Yeah. Sorry. I skipped a line in my notes. Go ahead. He is able to make the elevator door move without touch the elevator move without touching it. And also while the doors are open and then he handcuffs her to the underside and also puts a chain noose around her neck but it's not a choking noose it's just there for decoration it's just like a harness basically i, I like she is not in in enough pain like for what is happening as no. she's being lifted by an elevator by her wrists with a chain around her neck like I, and she's she's just kind of like ah uh, oh no ah uh, ah uh. <laughs> Yeah, it is weird that she doesn't have, like, the full-on freakout that you would expect for for this situation, right? Like, she should be having it. She does start screaming later, and it is a very cool-looking stunt. Kudos to the stunt performer here who's, like, you know, kicking and screaming and hanging and getting dragged up and down. Oh, yeah. As as always, great stunt work. So while that's happening, there's a big gunfight, and then he gets, like, winged and shot a little bit, and he starts running up the stairs trying to get away, and he gets to the roof and he puts the mask on and this cop is like don't you move and he drops the knife he drops the gun and then he i'm going to use air quotes liberally jumps off the roof it's the least graceful is, thing i've ever seen well yeah his his physical action to hop off the roof is bad but then it is a 
beautiful dummy falling off a roof. Like, beautiful dummy. It catches wind and just, like, sails horizontally like a good 15 feet and almost goes out of the shot completely. It is delightful. Yeah, it's just so bad. The only disappointment I have in this is that he doesn't bag a soup at the bottom because this seems like the kind of movie where they would be aware that a bag of soup is what the audience wants. Yeah, but you needed the moment with the sun at the end. No, I I I know, I know. They also uh you they loot so after they shoot the police shoot at him and he runs to the rooftop, the like they all the police start to run to the door and like the chief or detective or whatever the hell he is stops at the doorway and goes, "Now let's get the son of a bitch. Now be careful." And runs and they all run through the door and I was like, "That's a weird <laughs> thing to tell your cop." Like, I think we, I think they all went to police academy, and then later when someone <laughs> gets shot in the arm, they loop him saying, "Be careful again." After the guy gets shot, yeah, yeah, it it's, is very obviously the same line played twice. Um, I don't understand the mask. Oh, and he quotes Hamlet before he, before he crawls over the edge of the he building. He does. Hamlet. He does. Yeah, I don't, I don't quite get that. I, yeah, no, don't get it at all. Uh, so the the kid has picked up the mask, and then mom gets loaded into an ambulance, and this the you know the, the ambulance guy's like it's all right, and he goes to turn and is like all right, take us to the hospital, and it's the kid in the mask driving the ambulance, and no one outside Ooh. who's surrounding this ambulance notices that the driver of the ambulance is wearing a mask. Right. Also, we didn't mention this before, but I think this mask is like extremely similar to the clown mask that they used in the beginning of the Dark Knight. Oh, it does have a similar structure. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then at 83 minutes, we are finished with New Year's Evil. It is real tight. It's a real, <laughs> it's a real tight 83. <laughs> there is no fluff in this picture. And even the credits are, this isn't even like a, oh, so now there's a really long credits. The whole movie is 85 minutes and change. So the credits are done in like two minutes. That stuff is like fast forwarded. Uh, Final thoughts? It's perfectly fine. I saw, it's on YouTube. That's where I watched it. It's also available on Hulu. It's a short movie. And I don't know, there's worse ways to spend your time, but there's also better ways to spend your time. It's real middle of the road for me. I think this could be a solid, you know, New Year's Day hangover movie. You know, you pop oh, this yeah, on for and sure. you don't really have to pay attention to it. Yeah, this seems like a good fit for New Year's Day when you're not feeling super great. Um, I enjoyed it. You it could, could also have watch the Twilight Zone Marathon was... New Year's Day. So, Yeah, that is my preferred way of getting rid of it. And, and then, you know, instead of watching the Twilight Zone Marathon, you just do it yourself with Netflix. And then you don't have to watch the commercials, which is much better. Yes. Um. But I would give this like a like a half-hearted recommendation because it's mm-hmm. it's actually pretty fun for a slasher movie. If you're looking for like a good stupid you know slasher double feature, you need one to fill out to go with your Friday the 13th or whatever. You could do far worse than this one. Uh, stick around. As soon as we wrap up this, we will tell you what's coming up next in Slashuary. And Andrew's going to live watch the trailer for the new Death Wish movie. Uh, but first, quick housekeeping. If you want more of the show dissectingthe80s.com, facebook.com slash dissectingthe80s, twitter.com slash dissectthe80s, at dissectthe80s, slightly different there. Uh, We really appreciate you guys listening to the show. We have uh, tons of people chiming in lately and telling us where they found us and, you know, where they've been listening to the show from, and we really, really appreciate that. We got a listener email from Australia, which was, like, the craziest, wildest thing to us. 
Uh, and we did get a new review, which I'm going to read here in just a second. Uh, if you re- if you put your review of the show on iTunes, we will read it on the air. So all you got to do is go ahead onto the iTunes and leave us a comment review, and we will read it on the air, just like this one from Morgan MG from Canada. Hello to our neighbor to the north. Makes me LOL. I love most 80s stuff, and these reviews are pretty hilarious. Thank you, Morgan MG. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for the review. We really appreciate it. Like I said, you want to hear yours, all you got to do is leave a review. And uh, don't forget, you can call us, 856-D-I-S-S-E-C-T, or email us at dissectingthe80s at gmail.com. Those are great ways to get a hold of us. Slashuary continues on January 15th with... The Slumber Party Massacre. Ooh. We will... See you then. Nope. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. What, are you trying to quote something? Thank you again so much for listening to the show. I have been Trip Lano. And I will always be Andrew Lano. Until January 15th. Don't you forget about me. Dissecting the 80s is a chum sum of this production. <laughs> I'm sorry, Elizabeth Shue is in this stupid movie coming out? Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. Okay. Are you kidding me? Here comes the part where he starts murdering minorities to back in black. Are you kidding me? What? I hate this. Like, I can't think of anything more tone deaf than this trailer. Yeah, like, because it's... Oh, shut up, stupid trailer stinger. Whatever you're doing, keep it up. Like, it's... Yeah. It's not hard to get a gun. It's not like it's like, what is the journey? My wife got murdered and my daughter got raped. I'm going to go buy a gun. Like what is that? That's like a week, a span of a week. But it's, but it's not even just like he gets like, I, it's gross, but I'll give you the like, Oh, you know, uh, whatever. He takes vengeance on this act, this heinous thing that happened to his Mm -hmm. family. Fine. The movie puts on fucking back in black. And then he's just like gleefully committing murder to to uh, to help like uh, other crimes that he's aware of. He's not Batman. What are we doing here? <laughs> exactly. It's like what if Batman murdered people? That's the that's this movie. <laughs> Ex- yeah, it's exclusively people of color. After his wife's murder, every other person he shoots is not white in that trailer. It's so weird. Like, yeah, I do not I do not understand any of that. That is such a bad like I just don't get it. Why would you do that? Yeah, I have no idea. It's a weird movie to choose to remake at all because of the like vigilante weirdness of it. Yeah, it's even crazier to me that it's that it's done done in celebration of that. But anyway, you hadn't seen that, so I had to. We had to watch that. So uh, thank you for the little bonus listen there, guys. Uh, We will see you in two weeks. Uh, (laughs) Things we're gonna cut out in editing. (laughs) Every hour we're counting down a, a. uh, the mid god I'm all over the place every every <laughs> <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs>